guide, your guard, your leader. You're a blessed people to have this kind of man as your leader. Thank you for your warm welcome and reception. I don't want to belinger the moment. Uh, you may have another place you may have to go tonight before the night's over. I've been blessed by the ministry. Deacons have picked me up and brought me to service tonight. These great singers and music staff, everything has been nothing but professional. I'm going to steal some people if, they, if you don't see them for the next three weeks. Come on to Detroit. I've got them. Amen. Every head bowed. God, our Father, thank you for another day. Thank you for grace and mercy, health and strength, mind and means, wisdom and wherewithal. Thank you for this precious and priceless privilege to gather in this sacred space to celebrate you for who you are, for all that you have done historically, for what you're doing existentially. And we celebrate you in advance for what you're about to do futuristically. Give me your word and what it takes to deliver it Give each of us the capacity to receive it. Give all of us the ability to make it practical. We are already committed to give you the praise, therefore, granted in the strong and saving name of Jesus, the people of God, said amen. If you have your Bibles, come with me to the fourth chapter of the book of Acts. On this thankful Thursday, worship night, I'll begin reading from the New Revised Standard Version, beginning with the 13th verse. When you get in the privacy of your own praying ground for the sake of context and reference, read chapter 3. Here's how the text reads. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. When they saw the man who had been cured standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. So they ordered them to leave the council while they discussed the matter with one another. They said, what will we do with them? For it is obvious to all who live in Jerusalem that a notable sign has been done through them. We cannot deny it. But to keep it from spreading further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in God's sight to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot keep from speaking about what we've seen and heard. 
that's enough. I want to tell you tonight, it rubbed off on me. Give God some praise for what he's about to tell you. You will never know real love, real joy, or real peace until you've spent some personal and private time in the presence of God. You will never come to know his word, his will, his ways, or his works without spending some serious time in the Lord's presence. It is so because there is something communicable about the Lord that affects your mind, your mood, your mannerism, and the means by which you manage through this world's minutia. It makes the difference. It is the determining factor as to how you will fare and function and move forward in this mundane domain that we call world. Hence, I trust tonight that I'm speaking into the ears of individuals who have spent some time in the presence of the Lord because Society is infused, infected, and infested with all too many people who haven't spent any time in the presence of the Lord. Maybe. Maybe. This is the theological rationale as to why they behave the way they do. Nothing holy has ever rubbed off on them. Because when you hang around the Lord, he'll rub off on you. Maybe this is why people continue to push the big lie about legitimate election results. It's because nothing holy Rubbed off on them. Maybe this is why you have election result deniers before election results ever emerge because they don't have anything holy on the inside to rub off on them. Maybe. This is the reason why you had insurrectionists climbing capital walls like monkeys with an effort to turn around election results led by a thin-skinned, conceited, narcissistic, nefarious, and cocky dictator 
who plagued this nation for four years and who still controls the airways of journalism because nothing holy ever rubbed off on them. Could it be that this is the reason why you have millionaire rap artists who have the egregious gall guts and chitlins to say that slavery was a choice and then promote a vainful message that white lives matter against the backdrop of the black lives that are being lost. It's because nothing holy has rubbed off on the brother. I believe tonight that there is something communicable that is uh, exemplary of any person who has spent some legitimate time in the presence of God. Because when you do, you act funny. You wave and no one is speaking to you. You run and nobody's behind you. It was the celebrated comedian Richard Pryor uh, who, while engaged in, in um, narcotics and drug world genre, freebasing, and in the event thereof, set himself on fire. And uh, he recovered from the incident, but one journalist noticed that in the event of him having set himself on fire, he ran out of his house while on fire. And the journalist said, there were a lot of people running after you. And why were people, the journalist asked, running after you? And Richard Pryor, with his quick wit, responded by saying, people treat you different when you're on fire. When the Lord has touched your life, when the Lord has affected your mind, your mood, and your manners, people handle you differently because what the Lord has, has rubbed off on you. And I believe tonight I'm speaking to some people who's had this effect on their lives. And it's the same effect that Peter and experienced following the day of Pentecost. Luke, who wrote Acts to give a historical account of the incubation days of the church and the early church era, deemed it necessary to bring to the attention of readers as of how powerful and impactful the ministry of Jesus is when the Lord rubs off on people. I wish today the Lord would rub off on some people. Because when that happens, there are some helpful holy hints that hails from this text or hail from this text which may become for us a bit of enlightenment as of what happens when the Lord rubs off on you. Can I try to tell you? You didn't quite answer me. Can I try to tell you? You end up with a praise that's no longer private. 
You know, throughout the Bible, we are admonished to praise the Lord, to worship the Lord. Psalm 150, verses 1 and 6 says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Now, that might mean some people are not living tonight. They're just here. But let everything that had breath, that's literally inhaling and exhaling and retaining 14 pounds of air in your lungs as I speak, let everything that had breath praise the Lord. Psalms 34 says, Psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. You know the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. We are admonished to praise the Lord. Yet there are some people who are retired reclusive, reserved, ambivalent. They've got misgivings about their emotive expressions about how they feel about God. If you're not reserved about telling him or her or expressing your love for them, you should have no reservation or hesitation or ambivalence or vacillation about how you express your love for the one who rocked you to sleep at night watches over you all night long and then wakes you up morning after morning and bids your golden moments to roll on a little while longer. I'm no longer private. It's out there now. It's out there now. It's out there now. The text opens by saying when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. This word saw your pastor taught you, he's a theologian. He taught you this word, uh, theorao, in the Greek expression. It literally means to be a spectator. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Peter and John, in the previous chapter, shared the healing powers of God yes, with a paralytic. And hence raised him from a dead level to a living perpendicular, put him on the square that his life would be lived to the glory of God. Having done so, they were called into question and asked as of how they did what they did, by what power and in whose name. Their retort in my black colored African American Negro Baptist preaching imagination. They responded by saying, you all killed a man about a month ago. His name was Jesus. Y'all hung him Roman style in Jerusalem. And three days after he died, he resurrected. And shared with us some 40 days later, the Holy Spirit's power. And it has been by that power and by that power. 
power, we raised this man from the ground and put him back on his feet. This upset them. This did not sit well with them. This agitated them. This aggravated the crowd. And they therefore called Peter and John and challenged them to never say another word to anyone else about this Jesus guy. Here is what they said. It's too late. Do what you will. Say what you may. It's too late now because too much of him has rubbed off on us. Talk to me somebody. And they had to 